0: Next on BYUSN, what do winning numbers look like tomorrow at Arkansas? John Beck joins the program to talk about the run game. Keaton Slova, Zach Wilson, and more.
1: Plus an in-depth look at the college football weekend ahead, and we make predictions with our Big 12 roundup and prop picks. Don't forget Pukunakua is banged up. Is he going to play? We'll tell you the latest. Let's go. Welcome
0: to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, September 15th. I am Jerem Jordan, Studio B in Provo. And he is Spencer Linton, live from Fayetteville, Arkansas, on a golf course today. Did you bring the sticks?
1: I did. We traveled them. Not sure how well they are going to perform. (laughs) It's been a a minute since uh, I swung them, Jerem. But in fact, number 18 behind me, you hit over a huge lake. I'm gathering that uh, it's probably about 70% that all of the golf balls hit off that tee box (laughs) will end up in the water at some point. It's
0: a beach day, is that what you're saying? Uh, Either in the sand or the water. Yeah, pretty much. And this is a cool
1: alumni event. It's the Northwest Arkansas chapter. Uh, They've been planning this for a very long time. They're excited. In fact, they made a hype video previewing this golf tournament and this college football weekend. And a unique format because there there are two man teams paired up against each other, two Arkansas fans, two BYU fans competing okay. against each other within uh, the group. So kind of kind of a fun dynamic. But all in all, this is to raise money uh, for the alumni chapters from both schools to help out with scholarships and whatnot. Uh, we're at Dogwood Golf Course. The folks here have been awesome, fantastic to, to welcome us and, and host us here. So it should be a fun weekend and yeah, I'm sure there's a little, you know, football friendly banter happening on, on the putting greens and, and whatnot throughout the golf course.
0: I feel like we should be playing some serene piano music, maybe a few birds, kind of a <laughs> master's vibe today as we have BYU Sports Nation from the Dogwood Golf Course in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yes. It's now time yes. for what's trending, all rise and shout. I think it's gonna be fun, I think it's gonna be hostile, but I think it's gonna be a a lot of fun to go out there. We gotta make another improvement from week two to week three and get ready to go on the roll, so it's gonna be a lot of fun for us. Arkansas is a great team, SEC team, they score a bunch of points, so we gotta be ready this year. What's Trending is presented by Feedsbox, donating 10% of every order to Full of Hope, a charitable organization that feeds hungry families. Okay. Tomorrow night, BYU at Arkansas, pregame on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 530 Eastern Time. Let us have some fun with different scenarios, Spencer, and decide if those are winning numbers or not. We begin Uh, with the much-discussed run game. BYU rushes for, let's say, 138 yards tomorrow. Is that a winning number?
1: Considering that BYU has averaged 79 yards in the first two games running the ball when you combine San Houston and Southern Utah, 138 on the road in SEC country against Arkansas's defense would be a fantastic number. I know that 138, when you look at the rest of the country, is not like eye-popping, but for BYU, given the circumstances of the season, to me, Jerem, this feels like a winning number. Because I think Keaton Slovis is going to throw for around 240 or 250, at least. That's what he's averaged in that regard. And now BYU is pushing 400 total yards of offense. So to me, 138 rushing yards after the struggles that we've seen from the running game and the offensive line feels like a winning number. That would allow BYU to extend some drives. And I think BYU wants to pass the ball more by nature. So that means... Even with them running less, they've been effective. There are a few explosive plays in the run game at 138. Yeah, to me, that, that feels like a winning number, and frankly, a very ambitious number. How do you stand on 138?
0: I hate that 138 feels ambitious, uh, but the fact that BYU is averaging 79 a game, like, you know, you're plus 49 in that case, that feels like a lot. Arkansas has played Western Carolina and Kent State, and they have allowed a total of 90 rushing yards neither team could get the run game going. If Kent State could have got the run game going and cashed in in the red zone twice where they didn't, they could have put up a fight against Arkansas. That was a 28-6 game. I feel like if LJ Martin and Deion Smith and Aiden Robbins, obviously, you need all three, and let's be honest, Keaton Slovis has three rushing touchdowns leading the team, if BYU can get at least 138, that could be a winning number. But how many carries is it, is my question. If it's 20 – on 20 carries, that's good. Let's hope that BYU is able to rush the ball on this a lot because if they do, that means they have a lead. That means they're using clock. That means they're uh, having success on first and second down. You're converting hopefully on third, and as we learned on Coordinator's Corner on Monday, third and fourth down. More on that in a moment. So that certainly could be a good number. Both these teams, top ten in rushing defense, obviously didn't play power five opponents to start, and now they match up, and we will see – if 138 would be good enough, hopefully BYU gets that.
1: <laughs> yes, I hope we can have that conversation on Monday. That we are discussing that BYU hit 138 because that certainly would take some pressure off the offensive line and the running backs. All right, next winning number BYU. Let's or for for BYU I should say, Jerem. Let's say that BYU is plus one in the turnover margin battle. Now, I offer some context here. Arkansas, and you presented this earlier this week, Jerem, 14-0 and when they win the turnover battle, 7-17 and when they lose or are even in the turnover battle. On the road, in Fayetteville, at Razorback Stadium, if BYU was plus one, is that a winning number for the Cougars? It certainly puts
0: BYU in position to be able to compete in this game. Um, I, th- I see scenarios where BYU is plus one and they win. I see scenarios where BYU is plus one and they lose. Plus one doesn't necessarily mean you will win. What, when did that happen? Where did that happen? What's the score? When it ha- what's momentum like? If, if BYU is down 24 and gets a pick late and you're plus one, that doesn't matter, right? It, you see what I mean? But that number with Arkansas is really interesting. Like you said, Arkansas is not good when they don't lead it. If BYU can take care of the ball and then be opportunistic, which they have been the last couple of weeks, it's come in different forms. Can that secondary pick off a pass or two? Can there be a fumble recovery defensively? Can BYU take care of the ball? They've only turned it over one time this year, which has been good in two games. Now you give yourself a chance, and I'm so excited to watch Jay Hill in this defense scheme up something that puts some pressure on K.J. Jefferson. This will not be a drop eight, yes. and you've got to uh, chunk us down the field. No, it's going to be a, we're going to make you make a play, and we will take some risk in doing so.
1: And how good will Arkansas's offense be without Rocket Sanders? Maybe they have to rely a little bit more on the arm of K.J. Jefferson. And does that help BYU if they want to pressure and send more blitzers to get to K.J. Jefferson? Here's what I feel like I know in this regard, Jerem. If BYU loses the turnover battle and they're on the road in SEC country, I feel like they lose the game. Like, I feel like they have to be at least even to win this game against Arkansas. If BYU loses the turnover battle tomorrow, I feel like that is a sure result of BYU losing this game against the Razorbacks.
0: Yeah. And if it comes in the first three quarters, um, absolutely. If it's a blowout for either team, and there can be scenarios that way. But certainly, and I almost feel like BYU needs to be plus two. Like, they need to cash in on – 10 Mm. points on points off turnovers or something. Next one, Arkansas scores 26 points. Is that a winning number for BYU? (laughs) Oh, man.
1: I want to push this down to 24 and implement the Bronco-Mendenhall rule. But 26 is close enough. (laughs) Because I feel like the first team, 224 points, is going to win this game. If BYU's defense can hold Arkansas to 26 or fewer gosh, I feel like their chances of winning this game probably go up north of 70%. Uh, And I think it's because Arkansas has a good defense, and BYU is going to have some struggles on offense against a more athletic secondary and some really good linebackers. Uh, Yeah, I think first to 24 wins the game, so if Arkansas is 26 points or fewer, this feels like more of a winning number to me for BYU. If the Razorbacks get up in the 30s again and, and their fans are in it, and now it just feels like BYU's backs are against the wall and you know, they're fighting not just the battle against the opponent, but they're fighting in the hostile crowd of some, some just wound-up Razorbacks fans, then that feels like trouble to me for BYU. So I, I feel like the Cougars have, that defense has to hold the Razorbacks to 26 or fewer to give themselves a great chance to win.
0: I think 26 would be a losing number. This does not feel like a game where BYU gets into the 30s. BYU has not shown us in the run game that they're going to be able to establish the run. Therefore, it's going to be hard to get that many points on a team that isn't Southern Utah and isn't going to load the box and let you pass over the top, which BYU did successfully to its credit. Hopefully, BYU can get into the 30s. If they do, I feel great about it. I don't think this is going to be what last year was, which Mm. was a shootout, defense optional. But BYU's not going to give up 52 and 644 to Arkansas. I feel like BYU, if they can get to the high 20s, they got a real chance here. But uh, they need to establish the run to do yeah. so. Again, this is this is not a top-end SEC team, but it is not a bottom-end SEC team. A, a, a middle of the pack to upper-tier SEC team is really good, really physical, uh, very very fast. Like BYU's got to play a very good game tomorrow to have a chance to win, and they need a couple of. Trick plays. They need to be opportunistic on defense. Special teams got to continue to be amazing. Last week was unbelievable with a blocked punt and uh, a fumble recovery and Ryan Rico bombing 60-yarders again inside the five. Like, if you have that level of special teams, who knows? Does BYU have to make a field goal? They haven't yet. They technically haven't attempted one because it came back on an offside call against the defense when Will Ferrin was blocked. Maybe that's a thing we're not talking about either, that in special teams, Will Ferrin – needs to make a field goal uh, at some point for BYU to be in this game. Who knows?
1: Well, Jeremy, let me ask you this question as we close out this number and get to the next one. If 26 is not the winning number for BYU's defense, where do you put that? Because I feel like that's, that's pretty close to – I said first to 24 is going to win the yeah. game. Where would you put the line for you to feel like, okay, if BYU's defense holds Arkansas side of this number, they will win?
0: Less than 20. Like, yeah, less than 20. I, I feel like this is wow. a game that screams 24-17, 21-17 kind of situation. Okay. I think both defenses are, are
1: pretty good. All right, how about this? BYU is a combined 11-for-32. This is 34%. 11-for-32 converting on third and fourth downs this season. If BYU converts, let's say, 40% of their third and fourth downs, and we bump it up 6%. Is that a winning number in SEC country?
0: Not necessarily unless you're playing a great defensive game and it's just a battle that way. I think BYU needs, with fourth downs, remember, you convert way more fourth downs than third downs typically. Um, I, I, would, I would need that number to be 50-plus, man. I really would. I'd love it to be 60-plus when you're talking third and fourth. If BOI can't run the Rock, they're not going to touch that number. But if they can, and they certainly feel like they have something to prove in this game, in the run game, and uh, some play action, some bootlegs. Keaton gets out and makes first down with his legs, perhaps. Can Cody Epps play and make a difference for BYU? If you can get that to 50-plus, yes, 40 to me is not a winning number.
1: Yeah. I believe BYU is 116th in the country right now on third down conversion rate. So when you throw in you some more favorable numbers in BYU's ability to convert on fourth down, which is closer to 60%, that bumps that number up. It goes from, you know, 29% on third down up to 34% when you add the fourth down conversion. But to me, Jeremy, it has to be at least, at least 45% or north of that, probably 50%. That, that's the winning number. If BYU can convert half of their third and fourth downs into first downs, that, now you got a shot. But, but this 34% number, it's not going to work on the road. Just, you're no. not going to give yourself enough opportunities to keep drives alive, to keep your defense off the field, to extend things, to kind of grind the clock out. You need at least north of 45% to feel like that is a winning number as far as converting first downs goes.
0: Okay, if Keaton Slovis goes 21 of 32, 246 passing yards, two passing <laughs> touchdowns, winning numbers?
1: I love how specific this is. Can we throw in a Keaton Slovis rushing touchdown to just make it a throw thing? It, now that he it runs in. for a touchdown, throw it in. That's day. what he does every if week. If we throw in, if we now, if we throw in at least three total touchdowns, so two passing, one running for Slovis, and he's responsible for at least three touchdowns. Now BYU has a chance to get to that 24 number first if Will Farron kicks a field goal, and and you've done enough. But I, I think that. Yeah, Slovis has to have at least be responsible for at least 3 touchdowns for this to be a winning number. I'm not so concerned about the 246 pass yards. Depends on what BYU's run game does, depends on the field position battle, how much Ryan Rico is helping in that regard, how good BYU's defense is. So the pass yards number don't care as much about. I do care a lot about at least responsible for 3 total touchdowns. That to me feels like more of a winning number for BYU's quarterback on the road.
0: Yeah, it, it, uh, it's, I can't say definitively that's a winning number. I mean, if the BYU dif- defense shows up and gives up, like, 13 points, yes, those are going to be winning numbers because I believe they'll have someone else with a rushing touchdown, and maybe there's a field goal in it. I, yes. I don't know. This uh, Last year yes. was a shootout. I, th- I, I see the opposite. I don't see, like, a 13-10 game. But if you told me that was the final score, I would believe you. So we'll see, man.
1: Ah, uh, I am fascinated by this. Okay, we'll finish with this. K.J. Jefferson, who was unbelievable against BYU's defense last year. Different scheme for BYU this year. Different defensive coordinator. Totally different mindset. But he was unbelievable. Was I mean, threw for five touchdown passes. Let's say his line this year is 282 yards of total offense. Okay, so passing and running. He is a dual-threat quarterback. But he's 282 total offense, and he has three total touchdowns. Is that a winning number for BYU, or does Arkansas win the game if Jefferson puts up those numbers?
0: It feels like that's Arkansas by a nose uh, if he goes 282, which isn't a huge number, um, but it's big enough to, uh, you know, if, if A.J. Green gets going, uh, he's averaging about five yards carry. does not have a touchdown. He's the Rocket-Sanders yeah. replacement. But the real replacement for Rocket-Sanders is K.J. Jefferson with his legs. Against Kent State, they were running just straight – QB uh, sweep with KJ Jefferson. He's gonna be hard to bring down. BYU's defense has got to win this game for BYU. I, I, I just don't see it that the offense needs to produce enough points, but the defense has to give the offense a chance to win this one. I don't, I don't think those are winning numbers per se. I think it may be, maybe a little less. You gotta make other people make a play. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think the quarterback that is responsible for three total touchdowns or more is going to be the winning quarterback. If KJ Jefferson has that line, yeah, they have enough weapons around them, uh, around the quarterback position. That this this is probably a win for Arkansas if if that is the stat line. And just a thought, like, are do we kind of feel like BYU's offense is a little bit like the New York Jets scenario right now, where the defense or their team scenario, where the defense is really good, got great special teams, got a lot of skill position players. Does it come down to does it come down to Keaton slowness and his ability to? Just stretch a defense.
0: I like Brees I, I, I Hall more than the thought. BYU run game right now. I like Garrett Wilson a lot more <laughs> than, you know, the BYU receivers as a collective are really good. They don't have that kind of standout guy at the moment. So I see where you're going. It's not fully working for me, but that's okay. Our question of the day. Besides the score, what's the most important stat you would be watching in the
1: BYU-Arkansas game? All right, Jody Gowans on Instagram answers. Looking at the last two games, there are two stats to look at, rushing yards and penalties, which is something we did not talk about, penalties, mm. Jerem. If we improve on those, that is two steps forward no matter the outcome. So if BYU improves in rushing yards and penalties, that's what Jody is looking for. How do you feel about the penalty connotation or that that number?
0: I'm okay with some penalties. Some of the most aggressive team in the country and good defenses have higher penalty numbers. Uh, you don't want to avoid penalties entirely. Like, well, wait, why not? because you want to be in the edge of if that's a hold or not. What I don't want is the illegal touching for a third straight week. Let's not have that. Get on the line or not. Okay, at Pri- Price Tyson, 975301X. I'm looking for BYU's defense to force at least two turnovers. I agree. BYU's defense can force at least two. I think BYU wins the game. I want to see the BYU defense get a pick six. I want BYU's defense to hold Arkansas to under twenty points. Let's force some turnovers. Oh, man. Those are winning numbers. Like, if you say it's – Less than 20, I think BYU's winning the game. I think the BYU offense is going to generate three touchdowns in this game.
1: Oh, man, you throw in a defensive touchdown like was just presented there. Now we're talking about an absolute game changer. Those are just incredibly deflating, especially for a home team. Those are those... Just catastrophic turnovers, right? Not all turnovers are created equally. When it results in points, or it's deep in your own territory, my and it results in some immediate points, my goodness, those are the game-changing type of plays that BYU's defense absolutely needs. At Elko Cougar on X, rushing yards for KJ Jefferson. Contain him, keep him under 50 yards rushing, and BYU has a great shot to win. Okay, Jefferson under 50.
0: Yeah, that'd be yeah. He's not going to explode for 100. It's when it's third and four, and he gets that first, you know. To to move inside the red zone type of play that's tough. By the way, when BYU got a pick six last year, three and 0 USF, uh, no four and right? Woo! Utah State, Wyoming, and uh, SMU. There you go. Okay, BYUSN Game Day will get you ready for kickoff against BYU. Bowl, yeah. Yep, in Arkansas, starting at 5:30 Eastern on BYU TV and TV app, live from Provo and Fayetteville. Coming up, John Beck joins the program. Talk about the run game. Keaton Slova, Zach Wilson, and much more. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is sponsored by Feastbox Global Grill. A unique dining experience featuring Texas, Hawaiian, and Korean meats. Time to feast. Pulls it away from Aiden, and Keaton Slovas has his first career rushing touchdown. 65 yards,
1: Slovis directs, he's got a man at the goal line, he's got a touchdown to Chase Roberts.
0: Cougars and Razorbacks as we continue BYU Sports Nation live from Provo in Fayetteville, Jeremy Jordan Spencer Linton. Let's now bring in the number one private quarterback coach in the world. He's our homie. He has started, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a new series on YouTube where he's breaking down plays. John Beck's on the show. John, what's going on, man? How you doing?
2: How are you guys? I'm doing good.
0: We're great. Uh, I I love what you're doing uh, with why they do it. Subscribe on YouTube. Why they do it. You're breaking down plays, the X and O's. It's awesome. Why did you feel like this year you want to start doing that and kind of share uh, next level football info with everybody?
2: You know, it's been something that, like, when I've had opportunities to uh, watch games with friends, family, people I know, they love asking questions. And sometimes they'll say, like, oh, well, why did this happen? Why did that not work out? And they look at me, and I'll be like, well, did you see this? This is the protection. This is the coverage. This is what's going on. This is the play. And they're always so interested in it. And then you get football people that are, like, trying to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Coaches, players. They just love all of that insight. They love all that knowledge. And I thought, you know, I'm watching all these games. Because of my relationship with the quarterbacks and the coaches, um, I'm able to see what they see. I know what's going on. And I thought, wow, what a cool perspective if I can share that It's not only enhancing the experience for the fans of what's going on in the game, but it's also giving a little bit clearer picture to those that are trying to know more about football. Um, Those players that maybe are in the high school, junior high level, and they would love to know what's going on in those BYU football games in terms of the passing concepts, the run game, what's the quarterback being asked to do. So that was kind of like the genesis of all of it. And, you know, the more that I reached out to people that I knew, they all were like, oh, dude, you got to do this. I think this would be rad. So, you know, I went ahead and pulled the trigger and we're doing it.
1: John, I love what you're doing to educate the fans and give them more of that in-depth perspective. And I think it's only fitting that I'm at a golf course. Granted, it's in Arkansas, but at a golf course, because when you first asked me about this, why they do oh, anything yeah. and my thoughts We're on golfing. it, I was on a golf course. It's, it's we've, come full, we've come full circle here. Uh, that said, I would love for you to educate people on what you're seeing from Keaton Slovis. How would you assess BYU's quarterback play through the first two games of
2: the season? You know, I think it's been good. It's been okay. Like, I know Keaton, I know what he's capable of. I think this last game, you got to see more of, like, what the offense was capable of, what Keaton was capable of. That first game, I don't think it was Keaton, like, by any means being nervous. I I don't think it was any of that, right? I, I think it was just, for whatever reason, things just weren't clicking like they needed to or like what BYU was accustomed to. So, I'm really excited because, up to this point, I think it's been good. I think he's had some really, really good throws. You look at some of those deep overthrows. You look at that seam bender that he threw to Isaac last week. He fit that in a tight window. Keaton has the ability to make so many throws and to be very, very accurate. So we saw a glimpse of that last week. My hope for this week is that Keaton, at his full potential, best efficient games, shows up this week, and this is what we get tomorrow.
0: The BYU run game has certainly struggled, 79 yards per game. Last uh, game, Southern Utah loaded the box. Aaron Roderick said, OK, we'll just throw over the top of it. That's what worked in that game. What do you feel like BYU is missing in the run game in order to beat a team like Arkansas tomorrow?
2: So on tape, what you see, you see the capability. You see the potential. But here and there, there are just, we're so close. We're right on the edge or the defense is doing something where they're looping somebody, there's a twist, and we don't pick it up quite correctly. So to me, it's just growth. Like, I don't think it's a personnel thing. I don't think it's like we got to change who's up front. I think it's just growth. Can that growth as a unit happen for this week? Because it really is a unit. It's like sending guys out on a basketball court, right? You got five players. They have to be in sync. There has to be chemistry. There has to be flow and understanding. It's the same with an offensive line. They're working with the guys next to them. When, when the defense run those games up front, it's the chemistry you have with the guy next to you, and that takes growth. That takes reps. So to me, it's just it's, it's, it's a matter of growth. Can that growth happen quick enough, soon enough? Can it happen now so that this upcoming game we're able to be in the run game what we're capable of?
1: L.J. Martin is going to get the start at running back for BYU as a true freshman, John. And Aaron Roderick made that very public on Wednesday this week that he's going to go with the young guy and that he's been the best with the ball in his hands. We've all seen the film. We've all seen what he's been able to produce in limited carries. Do you feel like L.J. Martin is the spark that will get this run game going?
2: Well, I think he's been able to overcome because of the way that he runs with the football he's been able to overcome some of the things that kind of got us in some of the aspects of the run game, meaning when it wasn't quite as clean as we want, he was able to break tackles, get the extra yards, make things happen when not everything was there. The run that you guys are showing right now, when I see that run, like that's a freshman Luke Staley. Uh, he, He is one of the closest I've seen in watching BYU football for a long time. That reminds me of a young Luke Staley. And so when you have some things in the run game, when your O-line's trying to iron some things out, to have a guy that can break some tackles, to have a guy that can make something happen, it's great. And that's probably why he's getting the nod because it may not be clean on every rush attempt. But can he make something happen when nothing's really there? Meanwhile, the BYU defense
0: is much improved from last year. We haven't seen them truly tested uh, after Sam Houston, Southern Utah, per se. They'll certainly get that against Arkansas. What's the what are some of the biggest differences you've noticed
2: from this BYU defense this year? I mean, I like the intensity. I like the the, the way that they fly around the field. Um, I think you can tell when there's a belief in what they're doing. Um, you know, and I was in an era where BYU kind of transitioned to Bronco Mendenhall as a defensive coach, and you could kind of see this. Um, character change you could kind of see like the identity change is probably the best thing right like they're still having some things where they're working through some things and teams are still getting some plays where they get some positive yards and whatnot they score points but it's like this identity that you see from the players on the field it shows up in the style of play like i love these clips that you're showing right so many plays where you got so many people in the picture so many hats on the ball right There's also been a lot of plays that have been made because of what I call effort-based plays, right? And that's really, truly built in the identity of the defense, right? They're bringing blitzes. They want to bring pressure. It's the mentality of the defensive coordinator, and it shows in the way his players are playing.
1: John Beck is with us on BYU Sports Nation. I think most fans and, frankly, many members of the media, myself included, can't exactly speak for Jerem here, but I think most of us – are a little unsure of what type of game to expect tomorrow because Arkansas hasn't really played a powerful opponent and neither has BYU. Both teams are 2-0. and John, what type of game are you anticipating tomorrow when the Razorbacks and Cougars square off?
2: Well, you know, when you watch the Kent State game, um, Arkansas tries to do what they do, who they are. K.J. Jefferson is a dynamic football player, right? They're going to utilize him in the run game. They're going to ask him to run QB power, but they're also going to try to stretch the field with the mid to deep passing game. It took them a little bit to kind of get going in that game against Kent State, right? And Kent State by no means is any different from any of the teams that BYU has been playing for the first two games of the season. So. I don't know if we totally know what either one of these teams really is going to look like against each other. You know, when Jerem was talking about the matchup, saying this could be a game where the game's won in the 20s, right? That that may be the case. I would love to see BYU go off. I, I would love to see them capitalize on some things. On the defensive side of the ball, Arkansas loves to get to, in certain passing situations, empty formations. They love to get to shell coverages. But they're not afraid to bring pressure off the edge with the safeties. So to a degree, they are going to be a bit aggressive. And if BYU can protect the quarterback, capitalize on some of those aggressive looks, I think it can open for some of that mid-tiered passing range I mean, passes against pressure looks. So that, that gives the opportunity for chunk plays. I think if BYU can create some chunk plays, if on defense we can slow them down in their run game that they try to utilize with the quarterback, I think that can be a big advantage for us. Arkansas is going to try to run a lot of plays. They do at times hurry up and get really quick to the football. And I think that if we can create situations where we get them off the field quickly, meaning they get on the field, they run three quick plays, we cause them to punt, we're back on the field. I think that's a way for BYU to help them get in a rhythm offensively, get us more offensive plays, sustain drives and put points on the board. To me, I think that's where BYU can win this football game. Point-wise, I don't know what it's going to look like. Run game-wise, you know, Arkansas's got some very athletic guys in the box. You look at some of the things that they do with their linebackers. um, They're also, like, they had an interception in the box the other day. Uh, Kent State tried to throw a ball, and one of their linebackers, as he was blitzing, settled his feet, went up in the air and picked it off. There's athleticism there in the box, and we're going to need to be really good with our feet in our run game. This is probably, of all the defensively played up to this point, the most athletic. I won't necessarily say the quickest. Sam Houston State had some very quick linebackers in the box, but because of the size and a, you know and athleticism, this may test BYU a little bit. So I think it's going to be exciting to say what I can expect. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of right there with you guys, how you said we don't know what to expect.
0: We're also hoping and expecting uh, good things from Zach Wilson as he takes over the starting quarterback job with Aaron Rodgers out with an Achilles. You've worked with Zach for years now. He's a different guy after uh, getting some time with Aaron, obviously being a third-year guy in the league and working with you. What are you hoping for and expecting from Zach Wilson now that he's the guy with a very good Jets defense behind him?
2: Yeah, you know, that was a shocking, uh, that happened quick. Uh, You know, Zach and I had talked at times about you never know what can happen, right? This is kind of the year of Aaron Rodgers. That's the way it was set up in the offseason. That was the way it was set up for training camp. And Zach was enjoying it. He was enjoying the opportunity to learn from Aaron. Aaron was very open with his knowledge, with his experience, wanting to help Zach. But we always kind of said, man, you just never know. You got to be ready. And who would have thought that in three plays, Zach would be out there again? So he's confident. I know he's excited for the opportunity. Did it come much quicker or in a different way than anybody expected? Absolutely. Um, To a degree, like I wish Zach could have seen more of Aaron Rodgers in the regular season. I think there would have been some great things for him to learn watching Aaron go about his process the way that he approached games, the way that he played, I think those things could have been good for Zach, and that's what kind of this year was supposed to be. But given the circumstance, he's right back in the driver's seat, um, and he's got a tough slate ahead of him. To, to be the starter, to go in unexpectedly in that game, to play, to win, and now have to go on the road to Dallas, mm. I mean, these are some challenges. This is going to be a tough one against that Dallas front. But he's confident. He's He's excited. He likes the situation his team is in and the guys around him. So for me, those are the things that you hope for as a starting quarterback that he feels that way about his situation. It's really tough in the league when you can't have those feelings about your situation because of the circumstance you're in. So to me, he's confident. He's excited. That's a great thing going forward. And now will be a big test because this Dallas defense is tough.
0: Yeah, it's a tough uh, first start there on the road uh, at Dallas. But best of luck to Zach. And we appreciate the insight, John. We uh, want everyone to subscribe to Why They Do It, the letter Y, they do it on YouTube. Thanks, John.
2: Yeah, you guys are welcome. Thanks for
0: having me on. John Beck finds his guy again. Join Gregor Bell, Hans Olsen, Mitchell <laughs> Juergens, and Jason Shepard on Cougar Pregame Live tomorrow on BYU Radio, 5.30 Eastern time. The guys are going to get you ready for a big one at Arkansas. Coming up. Pukunuku is injured. How severe is it? Is he going to play? And was last night's women's soccer tie a disappointment? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is a ball night eve, if you will. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy Jordan and Provo, Spencer Linton in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Let's get to today's headlines.
1: Beginning with BYU football in Fayetteville, Arkansas currently for week three of the college football season to take on the Razorbacks of Arkansas. Get your pregame fixed by watching BYU Sports Station game day at 5.30 Eastern live on BYU TV or Cougar pregame live at 5.30 as well on BYU Radio.
0: Oklahoma State announces that uh, the game is sold out by the way against BYU so that's good too. In the regular season finale, Cougars in the NFL. Zach Wilson and the Jets traveled to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Took to the Giants last week, 40 to nothing. Fred Warren and the Niners take on Puka, Nakua and the Rams. Puka did not practice Thursday due to an oblique injury, first reported by Adam Schefter. Has not been ruled out of Sunday's game. Tyler Algier and the Falcons. Jose Anderson and the Packers. Michael Davis and the Chargers play at the Titans. Dax Milner, the Commanders against the Broncos. Chris Brooks and the Dolphins play the Patriots. Blake Freeland and the Colts traveled to the Texans. Jaron Hall was not on the active roster last night for the Vikings, by the way.
1: Jerem, from the Nakua camp, I heard it is very much day to day, but knowing Puka, he will absolutely try and play. Now we're to number one BYU women's soccer, who had to rally against TCU, trailing two to nothing. They finished with a 3-3 draw. Aaron Bailey tied the game at three in the 77th minute. Smith Griffiths. Chance in the box! Yes!
2: Aaron Bailey ties us up again!
1: Up next, a trip to Logan. BYU takes on Utah State tomorrow.
0: EB7 did not run into the rock this time or have a water bottle thrown at her head, that's good. Number 12, (laughs) women's volleyball will look to go 3-0 against in-state schools this week after beating Utah in four on Wednesday. They play at Utah Valley tonight, at Utah State tomorrow.
1: On to golf, Zach Blair tied for third place at six under par after the first round of the Fortinet Championship in Napa, California. Blair birdied five straight holes during the round. I interviewed him for golf day at Riverside Country Club on Monday, and I gave him some karma. So nice. just maybe it's working out for Zach. Is Fortnite just Fortnite misspelled? And BYU Swim and Dive
0: will be holding its blue <laughs> and white meat this <laughs> afternoon. Awesome. Those are today's
1: headlines, let's whip it. Good Whip round is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Was last night's tie for BYU against TCU on their home field, first ever Big 12 contest, 3-3, dramatic, Was that disappointing in any way, Jerem? Yeah, because it's disappointing
0: to go down 2-0 on your home field. But BYU tied it back up. They went down, they tied it back up. To not win in front of that crowd, ESPNU, National TV, you're number one. If BYU was ranked 22nd, we'd be like, a tie is fine. BYU is ranked number one. You expect to win at home, not tie. Obviously, it's not a loss. BYU is still unbeaten. But there is a certain tinge of disappointment,
1: certainly. Yes. All you needed to do was read the body language of Jen Rockwood, her staff, and the players after the game to see if that result was disappointing. And, yeah, they wanted to win that match. This is not like, hooray, a tie. TCU knew what getting out of there with a draw would mean. That's why they're stalling with seven minutes left in the corner, tied at three. This is disappointing for BYU. Rich Eisen had
0: Randy Moss on the show yesterday. He asked Moss about his Super Bowl pick. He said originally he had the Eagles and Jets, then doubled down saying he still thinks that Zach Wilson and the Jets will get it done. Moss said, it's not going to look like Aaron Rodgers, but he can still go in and lead the team and put them in position like he did the other night. What do you think of that?
1: I like Randy Moss's ambition, and I can appreciate a guy who sticks to his pick, sticks to his guns in that regard, but I think, Jerem, this is... This is green-goggled by Randy Moss, for sure. Like, getting to the playoffs would be a huge accomplishment for the Jets. That's the win. Like, just get to the playoffs. Forget the Super Bowl, just get to the postseason.
0: Yeah, I don't see the Jets going to the Super Bowl. Like, you just need a certain quarterback play at a certain level, and hopefully Zach gets to that. I'm not sure that's this year right now, but uh, yeah, just make the playoffs and then see what happens.
1: Jeremy BYU fan Thomas Rohrer tweeted that eight years ago today, BYU Sports Nation was on in the delivery room for his family. Yep. Is our show good delivery room content? Well, if you disagree
0: with us to the point where it aids um, the mother in, uh, ah, and, you know, push out a baby. Maybe, I don't know, it, it seems like it'd be terrible content. But uh, no, we appreciate the Roars. It's fun, because Thomas is coming up to me and said, hey, this is my daughter, she is the baby from that day. Uh, saw her on July 1st, so awesome. shout out to the Roars. Uh, that was a cool experience, especially when we were a young show just two years in and people were watching it <laughs> in the delivery room. Like, what? That's uh, That's amazing. Okay, coming up, the Big 12 Roundup and our prop picks. I got to get back in this thing. Let's go, we got a busy week. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. It is time for the Big 12 Roundup. Oh, there's, we got nine games, let's go. TCU by let's, seven let's and a half go. over Houston. Who you got?
1: This is my super pick, Jerem. Oh! I am taking the Horn Frogs to cover this at Houston. I think TCU's offense is legit. I don't think Houston can keep up in an offensive shootout with a really good Horn Frogs offense. My super pick, TCU to cover.
0: I've got TCU as well. Put up uh, 42 against Colorado in the loss. Gave up 45, but yeah, I got, I got TCU. I don't think the Cougs can hang either.
1: All right, game number two, Wyoming, a 30-point underdog at Texas. Which side of this line do you like?
0: Wyoming beat Texas Tech. I think there's too many points. Uh, Too many points. I I got Wyoming in this one.
1: Covering, not winning. 30 points is a ton for a Wyoming a Wyoming team that, as you mentioned, beat Texas Tech. I'm with you. No. It is WYO here to cover oh. as a 30-point oh, yeah. underdog.
0: Barrel, dude. I'll be out there just in a barrel with them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pittsburgh versus West Virginia. Mountaineers uh, getting getting two and a half
1: here uh, in the backyard brawl. Pittsburgh got embarrassed by Cincinnati last week at home. I'm sure they've been dwelling on that all week. They're going to play with some urgency. And almost desperation at this point, I I like Pittsburgh to cover as an underdog at West Virginia.
0: I do too. 14 uh, nothing fourth quarter they lost, but nice comeback there. Maybe a little
1: mojo for uh, Pitt. Okay, Kansas, 28 point favorite at Nevada. Now Nevada lost to FCS Idaho by 27 last week. So bad. Kansas goes in as a 20 point favorite, 28-point road favorite. Who do you got? I have
0: Kansas. I think Nevada's terrible. This is, uh, also, this is my super pick. (laughs) I I have Kansas going big here. Let's go. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right, Uh, yeah, I'm with you. We haven't differed at all other than our super picks. Like, I I think Kansas is going to cover this line. I think their offense is legit. A
0: lot of diversity of thought on this program. Uh, Miami of Ohio versus Cincinnati, we're favored by 14. (laughs)
1: Cincinnati riding high after that big win against Pittsburgh, they're going to take care of business. I, I think Cincinnati's much better than we anticipated they would be yeah. under first year head coach Scott Satterfield. Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati's going to cover here.
0: Miami put up three points against the real Miami. Um, no, since he's, <laughs> since he's winning big.
1: Okay. All right, an intriguing matchup 15th ranked Kansas State. Yep. A four point favorite. At Missouri, they're in SEC country as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, the former Big 12 rivals, Kansas State won by 28 last year. I have Kansas State covering this on the road.
1: Are we going to differ at all? I like Just the Wildcats here, too. I'm yeah. not sold on Missouri. Yes. Kansas yeah, State I, I, allowing 38 like rush Kansas yards State per State game, as by well.
0: the way. Yeah. Kansas State has not played a ton either. Yeah. Okay. Iowa State uh, favored by three against Ohio
1: road game Iowa State's been really really underwhelming but I think they find a way to maybe even win this game as a three point dog on the road against FCS Ohio I, I have a- Iowa State here
0: you have Iowa State okay um, I have uh, I have Iowa State uh, Ohio plays good defense has not okay. allowed more than 20 in three games quite yet so I can see Ohio pulling the upset here but I am going in the
1: Yeah, I should clarify, it's Iowa State that's the favorite, but I I think that the Cyclones, yeah, they're going to cover. Gotcha. Okay, 19th ranked Oklahoma. Another big line here, Jerem. A 28 and a half point favorite at Tulsa. Who do you got in this one?
0: I also have Oklahoma. Um, They didn't cover last week. Sooners have scored 14 touchdowns uh, in two games, six most in FBS. I think they get a bunch and uh, they take out Tulsa in a battle of Oklahoma.
1: Ooh, so we have a difference finally. I am taking Tulsa <laughs> so to long. be within 28 points okay. at home okay. against the Sooners. There's more tape out there of this Oklahoma offense. Tulsa will figure out enough to stay within 28.
0: I still have uh, nightmares for most seven against Tulsa, BYU Tulsa. Okay, last but not least, BYU and Arkansas. <laughs> Obviously, Rocket Sanders out for the Razorbacks. L.J. Martin named the starter at running back for BYU as a freshman. What do you think?
1: BYU is good enough to be within seven points or fewer. I, I, I take BYU here.
0: I do too. Uh, I do too. I feel like it'd be weird if neither of us thought that, but uh, Arkansas is not uh, Texas or Alabama, so, <laughs> so it's all good. Okay, that, that's Big 12 Roundup, which means no more um, twangy music. Okay, prop picks. Prop picks. Let's go. Number one, BYU will have over under 100 rushing yards.
1: Uh. So I so badly want to say over here, Jerem. I really, really want to say Are over. Are you saying under? But I'm choosing the under. Oh. I'm choosing the under. I feel like BYU is going to pass a lot okay. situationally. Uh, Arkansas you would do is going to stack the box. BYU is going to be forced you? to pass yeah. a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Situational awareness. Obedience. Um, I go over. BYU rushed for a hundred
1: plus. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Number two, Arkansas will score over under 26 points. Under, BYU's defense
0: better than Kent State. Kent State only gave up 28. I mean, Arkansas didn't have the pedal down, didn't show a ton, but
1: yeah, I'm going under. I think uh, Arkansas, 25 or less. Agreed. I don't think Arkansas is going to get over 26. I'm with you. I take the under here as well.
0: Who will be BYU's leading tackler? We have Max Tule, Ben Bywater, or The Field.
1: Who you got? Give me the leading tackler for the last two seasons of BYU. That is Mm. Mr. Ben Bywater. I'm rolling with Ben Bywater. I would roll with
0: Ben Bywater, but I have the field because the percentages are just better there.
1: All right. Okay, next one. Let's go with what will BYU have the most of? Is it rushing touchdowns? Actually, my script just... Went black, Jared, so you. you read the rest of these, my S- phone's
0: done. It's all good, you're at a golf course. Uh,
1: sacks, forced turnovers,
0: 100 plus yard receivers, or rushers, I think we added that, and ru- uh, or rushing
1: touchdowns. Yes. Okay, I- I'll answer, yes. thanks for bailing me out there. Yes. I'm going to go with rushing touchdowns. I think BYU has a real good shot to, gav- to have at least two rushing touchdowns in this game.
0: I'm going forced turnovers. I'm going aggressive. I think in order for BYU to win this game, Ooh. they got to they sell out a Ooh. little bit in certain regards, certain coverages and blitzes. We're going to see some more exotic stuff. You don't show a ton of what you have on offense. 30%, okay. Aaron Roderick said so far this year. I don't think the defense has shown the exotic blitzes. We're going to see some more of those. And last but not least, how many total points will be scored between both teams mm. at the 7.03 mark of the second quarter?
1: <laughs> I love how random this is. So random. Uh, 17 combined points at the 7.03 mm. mark of the second quarter.
0: We're going close to the pin, and I have 13. Oh, both prem numbers. How okay. about them apples? <laughs> Gabe, those are the prop picks. We'll see who gets it right on Monday. If you miss any interviews, Deep Blue shows, games, you can find them on BYUSN.com and the free BYU TV app. you got to check out Porter Ellett's Deep Blue from this week. Really good stuff. Aiden Robbins and others. The big stories as well that have come out about the opponents. Lots of content on Arkansas as well. Check it out. Coming up, which TikTok star was at the women's soccer game last night in The Rock? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Well, my goal was to create a culture where the players played for the love of the game. They realized that... There was a possibility of going to the next level in tennis, but that the goal was that they go to the next level in life.
0: That is one of the winningest coaches in collegiate tennis history, Dave Porter, who chatted with Jason Shepard in the Deep Blue podcast. You can check it out on the BYU Radio app or wherever podcasts are found. I'm Jerem. Hi, I'm in Provo. He's Spencer. He's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Going to have some bacon, perhaps, today. Our question of the day, besides the score, what's the most important stat you'll be watching in the BYU game against Arkansas? Uh, uh, it's gonna be Let's it's go gonna be a fun one. What on does X. Nick Lee say?
1: Yeah, uh, he says who wins the battle of havoc stats on defense? So sacks tackles for loss pass breakups takeaways my guess is whichever defense rack up the so most of those Havoc stats wins the game.
0: Yeah, TFLs and and uh, takeaways a big deal, right? Okay uh, Our elite voice today is presented by PAX healthcare elevated Brian Ellertson on X yards per carry rushing overall what is that yards Mm. per carry number can't put up uh, a ground game together this may be a very long year for the offense and therefore the defense yes please get to four yards per carry in this one or high threes or situationally good on third and fourth down gotta do it today's rise and shoutout is presented by mountain america the official credit union of byu athletics
1: On Saturday, the BYU Alumni Association, how cool is this, going to partner with St. James Church to host a food drive at its tailgate festivities at Wilson Park. The Northwest Arkansas BYU chapter recommended partnering with St. James when asked about a service idea in the region. The two sides agreed to co-host a food drive aimed at filling specific needs St. James has in serving two cultures, for which donations don't always align. The Hispanic and Marshallese communities specifically that populate the neighborhood surrounding the outreach facility. That's a fantastic joint effort. Love that we're involved in this.
0: I didn't know the Marshall Islands had a population in Arkansas. That's very cool. They had one in Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, There there was BYU men's volleyball player, Brendan Oberender a couple years ago, who was called to speak Marshallese in Oklahoma, which is wild. Also shout out to Bryce Hall, not Brees Hall. Bryce Hall, the TikTok star, who has 24 million (laughs) followers on TikTok, he was at the BYU women's soccer game last night, hanging out in the Rock. In fact, he tweeted yesterday afternoon, I think my future wife is in Utah somewhere. So there you go. Good luck to you, Bryce. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That
0: was where. Our thanks to today's guest, John Beck.
1: The conversation continues 24-7 on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This is, and all of our shows are on demand, BYUSN.com.
0: Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. For Spencer, I'm Jerram. Shout out to O'Neal Chambers. See you tomorrow for pregame, 5.30 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Go Cougs!